Well, good morning, Mount Olive. Good to see you all in God's house today. And welcome also to those who are with us online this morning, too. Welcome to Mount Olive Lutheran Church for our 1030 service. Today we're blessed to be together, and we pray that the Lord would would give us his healing power today. We're going to see a story from Mark chapter 9 about a man who has a great need in his life that his son needs to be touched by the healer. He needs to be touched by Jesus. And we're, we'll see how when this man brings his child to Jesus, he also brings himself to Jesus too. And so Jesus continues with his mighty power to touch our lives through his word. He's present this morning, and we uh, gather to give him praise and thanksgiving. We welcome you if you are our guest today. Thank you for being part of our worshiping community today. We're very blessed to have Uh, you with us and invite people to continue to make connections with one another here in the body of Christ. A couple of things to highlight as far as announcements go. One is if you're not getting our our weekly emails, every Thursday we send out a weekly email. If you would like to receive those, we'd love to use that as a way to connect with you. There is a sign-in sheet when you come into the sanctuary. If you've got a uh, an email address you'd like to share, we won't sell it or give it to anybody outside our church. Uh, but we'll use it to stay in touch with you. And, uh, or if you've got a new updated email address that you'd like to leave, uh, you can share that there. We are doing a gathering throughout the month of September that will benefit uh, young adults and children at the Lutheran Child and Family Services shelters in Indianapolis. And so you can see the items listed on the screen, and we continue to gather those, and we appreciate those who have, who have brought some of those items with them already. And then we also want to just mention that tonight we resume confirmation class. Looking forward to working with our 7th and 8th graders and those who are older but haven't been through our confirmation program. And so we'll gather tonight, 6.15 to 7.30. We also have hand chimes starting up tonight. And so for those who have played before or who are interested, no matter your age or your experience level, you're invited to come and be part of hand chimes on Sunday evenings at 6.15. And then this Wednesday, Pastor Art and I are wrapping up our study on the Lord's Prayer. It's been a great study. We've had great attendance both in person and online, and we'd invite you to take part in that 7 o'clock on Wednesday. Those studies are always available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash moconnect. And so you can, you can always, uh, if you're looking for a good Bible study, uh, we want to provide those resources for you. So we've got several Bible study options online now, but we will wrap up our Lord's Prayer study this Wednesday. Love to have you with us. Other announcements are printed in the bulletin, but very blessed to be together this morning as we worship the Lord. Let us stand as we begin. We call upon the name of the Lord as we begin, for we know wherever the Lord's name is, He is. And so we gather in His presence in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Our psalm today is Psalm 116. We join together. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Let us pray. 
O God of comfort, how grateful we are that you, O Lord, are patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to you in repentance. Today, Lord, we come before you in repentance, confessing our sin and longing for your forgiveness. Almighty God, I confess to you my sin. It robs me of comfort, deprives me of peace, and fills me with shame. Lord, I have at times lived in an unholy and ungodly way. I have at times lived as if you were not present with me. I have experienced the futility of my own sinfulness. I need your forgiving love. I ask that you come down and take away my sin. Because Jesus died for me, I ask in confidence that you will forgive me. And now, faithful Father, hear the silent prayers of our hearts that we lay before you. Because of the Father's love that never gives up on you, your sin has been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ, and forgiveness is yours in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The comfort of God's grace is yours. So having received his word and promise, may we together live holy and godly lives as we look forward to the day of our God. Amen. God freely gives us the gift of his forgiveness so that we can share his peace with one another. And so we say the peace of the Lord be with you. You may be seated. I'd like to invite our children who are here to come on up and spend a few moments with me. And then we invite you to take part in Children's Church this morning also. All right, thanks for coming up. Help yourself find a, find a seat. Good to see you this morning, boys and girls. Do you remember our morning greeting? Good morning, boys and girls. It is great to see you today. I have a question for you. How did you get here? How did you get to church today? A car? How many of you got here in a car today? Okay, so you all drove a car here today? Yeah. You did? You drove a car here today. I wonder if our sheriff's deputy out there in the narthex knows that you all drove cars here today. No, now did you did you really drive cars today? Yeah. You did? You drove? Wow, I'm gonna talk to your parents after church, right? Wow, that's pretty awesome. No, I know, I know better than that. I know better than that. You didn't drive. Who, who, who drove? Who drove your car? Mom, who drove your car? Mommy did. Yeah, who drove your car? Mom did. Mom or dad did? You're still saved. I'm gonna, ch I'm gonna check with Grandpa after church, see what he says. But chances are, mom or dad, maybe grandma or grandpa, drove you here today. And so you said, well, I got here in a car. And I said, did you drive? And you said, yeah. 
but I don't believe you. Maybe in a few years I'll believe you, but someone else drove you here to church, right? Well, I want to tell you something that's really cool. I want to tell you something really cool. You ready? Even if someone else brought you here, Jesus has you here for a reason. And you know, your moms or dads, grandmas or grandpas, helped you get into a car today and drove you here to church. And that is so great that they brought you to church with them. They brought you to Jesus with them. Well, today there's a story about a boy who needed some help. This boy needed some help so much, and he had problems throughout his life, and he needed to be healed. And so do you know what his dad did? His dad brought him to Jesus. And do you think Jesus was able to heal this boy who needed it? Yes, he was. But you know what was the greatest part about this story, too? Not only was this boy healed by Jesus, but his dad, who brought him to Jesus, was touched, too. You see, that's awesome to think about, that your moms and dads bring you to Jesus so that you can learn stories about him, learn songs about him, learn to pray to him. But do you know that moms and dads, like me, when I see my kids get to know Jesus, they grow in Jesus too. That when your faith is strengthened and when you learn to trust in Jesus, that helps your mom and dad too. So think about this today when you go to children's church. When you're learning those stories, it's going to be a great blessing to you, but it's also going to be a blessing to those who brought you here to church today. So when you hear about Jesus and you learn stories in children's church, can you do me a favor and tell whoever brought you what you learned today? So that when you drive home, when you're probably not driving, but someone else is, you can tell them what you learned so that they get to hear about Jesus too, just like you did. Because Jesus has so much love that it's for all of us. And so we celebrate him, don't we? So let's go ahead and pray, shall we? Can we fold our hands? All right. And let's bow our heads so we honor God and close our eyes to think about Jesus. And please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your great love for me and for my family, for me and my family, for all people to know you, Lord Jesus, for all people to know you, Lord Jesus. I ask for your grace. I ask for your grace. Help me to learn your word. Help me to learn your word and share it with others and share it with others so that together we can come to you so that together we can come to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, friends. If you're headed to Children's Church, look over to your right, and Pastor Bruce is there, and he will lead you to your classes today. So thank you, boys and girls, for coming forward this morning, and to all who did the driving to get you here. A word about our offering. We are currently not passing the plates in the church service, but we do have the offering box when you come into the sanctuary. We thank those who give offerings. We ask that the Lord blesses those gifts that we bring and uses them to further his kingdom among us. Our focus now shifts to God's word spoken for us this morning as we turn our attention to our scripture lessons.
The first reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 10. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moss will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know what we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault is in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come both praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Words of hope, words of good news from the Gospel today in Mark chapter 9, our reading for this, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit who has robbed him of speech. 
Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. They brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. This is the gospel. This is the good news of the Lord. We respond by confessing our Christian faith as we join our voices together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.
the religious leaders were at it again. Did you notice that portion of the gospel reading for today that we're going to look at from Mark chapter 9? The religious leaders, they're called here the teachers of the law. We could say that they were experts in theology, the masters of Bible study. The teachers of the law were arguing with one another. Believers were caught up fighting and arguing with one another. And this was taking place even before the invention of social media. It's amazing. It's amazing. Even 2,000 years ago, what we see magnified today because of things like Facebook and Twitter, people were arguing over stuff that at the end of the day doesn't really matter a whole lot. Enter in Jesus. And Jesus will cut through all of the stuff that really doesn't matter, and he will get to what really matters. And that is people coming to him for his healing help. And that's what matters for us today, that we would set aside the stuff that really doesn't matter, and let's get to the point. So when the religious leaders are spending their time arguing with one another, what happens to those who are in need? They start running to Jesus. It says they run to Jesus. I am thankful that even when the church, that is us, can do many things that will distract and detract the focus, bring the focus away from Christ, people are still running to Jesus. And I pray that we would spend more attention to focusing upon that than the other things. People who have need are running to Jesus to greet him. One of those was a man who had a son. And this man had a son, the Bible says, who had a great need for Jesus. He steps forward in this crowd, this crowd of people who had run to Jesus, and he says, hey, Jesus, this is what I've got going on. I have a son, and I sought to bring him to you. And this is what's happening He's possessed by its spirit that robs him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. He becomes rigid. So this is more than a toddler's tantrum. This is a person who is possessed by the evil one. The man says, I asked your disciples to drive out this spirit, but they could not. This man is in desperate need. Desperate need for healing, for help, for his child. Many of you know what that feels like. The biggest hurt that a parent feels is in, in their life is not when they themselves hurt, but when their kids hurt. And that is the father in this story. His son needs some help, and he needs some help too. He says, but I brought him to the disciples, and, and they couldn't help. And how does Jesus respond? Well, Jesus responds by saying, you un." believing generation. He labels what's going on among the people who should know him, should trust in him, as being an unbelieving generation. And what he is doing here is that he is echoing what the prophets of the Old Testament would say when they looked upon the spiritual infidelity of God's people. It's like when Moses came down from the mountaintop of Mount Sinai where he experienced the presence of God. And God had given him the tablets of stone that included the Ten Commandments. 
And when Moses came from that mountaintop experience, what did he find himself in? He found himself in a mess of people who had created a golden calf. And instead of waiting to hear from the true God, they created a false God of their own. They were spiritual infidels. And he labeled them an unbelieving generation. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus himself had just had a mountaintop experience. He had been on the mountaintop of transfiguration where Peter, James, and John got to see him and glimpse his glory as he gave them a taste of what he would look like in heaven, that he would shine with, with the radiance, that his garments would sparkle and be so bright, brighter than any bleach in the world could bleach them, the Bible says. And there on the mountaintop, Jesus had fellowship also with Moses and Elijah, but then he had to come down. More than leaving a mountaintop experience of a vacation and having to go back to work on Monday, he came down and he found his people arguing and complaining and not trusting in him. And he labels them as an unbelieving generation. That like Moses, Jesus is the greatest prophet of old. He's the greater Moses, the one who comes and who identifies his people's sin, but also comes and does more than just point them towards the Messiah. But he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is God in the flesh. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? And Jesus cuts through all of the clutter. And what does he say in Mark 9, verse 19? He says, bring the boy to me. Bring the boy to me. Jesus invites the father to bring his child. And with those words, I believe that Jesus is also inviting you and inviting me and inviting all who are broken by sin and all who are weighed down by the effects of sin in this broken and fallen world to come to Jesus for healing. No matter what kind of healing we need, bring the boy to me, Jesus says, and the Father does. He brings his child to Jesus. And what does this child do when he comes into the presence of the one who can heal him? It says in Mark chapter 9, verses 20 and following, so they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, and so the Gospel writer Mark has the Spirit who has no body, is actually using the eyes of this child. He has so invaded him. When the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground. He rolled around. He was foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's interesting that the gospel oftentimes will tell you how long a person has been afflicted with their disease. Uh, the woman who has been bleeding for years who touched the outer garment of Jesus. The man who was blind from birth. This boy who is there from childhood and suffering with this demon possession and all of the effects from childhood. And so the gospel will, will describe how great the need is and how long it's been so that we can focus then on how great the healing is and how permanent it will be. From childhood, he answered, is often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. And then notice the father's words. He says to Jesus, but if you can do anything... 
take pity on us, that is, have mercy on us and help us. And here's Jesus' response. Verse 23, if you can, says Jesus. Now, how do you picture Jesus saying those words? What kind of face do you think he makes when he says that? Uh, is it an angry face, <laughs> if you can? I, I think it's kind of a half-cocked smile, don't you? Like, <laughs> if you can, that's it's good. That's good, Dad. Yeah, it's good. If you can, do you, I mean, do you realize who you're talking here? I mean, before you were talking to my disciples, but now you're talking to the Savior of the world. Now you're talking to God in human flesh. Now you're talking to the one who absolutely, positively can and will heal your son. If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And I love how the Gospel writer Mark says immediately, he's always using that word immediately because he's focused on action. He says immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I, I do, I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. This man admitted to Jesus his problem. It's good to admit a problem when there is one. And that's what this father does. I do believe. I have faith, but I still struggle with faith. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So one good thing we can learn from this man is that healing begins by admitting that there is a problem. That is often step number one, admitting that there's a problem. And that's what this father does. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Our second reading for today was from the epistle of James. And I believe that James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, when he's writing in his epistle, is talking about a person who, yes, believes, but struggles with unbelief. Yes, is filled with praise for God, but at the same time, struggles to tame their tongue and use their mouth to speak praise to God and not speak curses upon human beings. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with that same tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? You see what he's saying? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. This is not how it's supposed to be, but in reality, this is how it is. The man who brings his child to Jesus says, this is not how it's supposed to be. Lord, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. He admits his problem. That's step one. But also, where does he turn? He doesn't just wallow in his problem, but he turns toward Jesus. He turns toward the one who could actually help him with his life filled with contradictions. One person that I read who was commenting on this passage says that this man like us sees his life as a cocktail of contradictions. A cocktail of contradictions. I think you know how it goes because we all experience this, this side of eternity. For example, we say things like, I want to spend more time in prayer and less time in worry this week. And yet, what happens? We start our day, and before we know it, we close our day, and we haven't taken any time to pray. Cocktail of contradictions. Or perhaps we say this, I want to be kind to my neighbor no matter who he or she is and no matter what they do to me. But then we get on to 465. 
and we get cut off or we're sitting in traffic. It's really hard, isn't it? Or we say, I want, to use, I want to use my words this week to speak praises to God. I don't want to use my words to speak curses upon anything else. But then you go to work and you open up your email. And you may say it audibly, but most fervently you say it inaudibly. Yes, sometimes we have a life that's filled with contradictions too. And so what do we do? We need to be like this dad. We need to admit that and turn to Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul did. In the book of Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul's taking a look at his life and he's like, ah, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm, I'm a cocktail of, of contradictions, if you will. He says this, Romans 7, beginning with verse 19, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is, that is subject to death. Thanks be to God, says Paul, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God who delivers those who struggle with a life of contradictions. Thanks be to God that he rescues a son who is laying there at the feet of Jesus. Thanks be to God that he heals and blesses even a father who would bring his child to Jesus for healing because that's what takes place. It's not only the boy who is healed by Jesus, but the father is also touched by Jesus' power. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, verse 25 says, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked and convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looks so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But what does Jesus do? He took him by the hand, he lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. Jesus, with his hand and with his word, brought healing to this boy. And with his word and with his touch, Jesus brings healing to you and to me and all who experience the ultimate healing of his cross and his resurrection. Father, forgive them. Father, rescue them. Father, heal them. And the child is healed and forgiven and restored. And the father who brought that child is also touched by the power of Jesus Christ. How many times do we see this? That when we do set aside those things in life that really don't matter much, and we focus instead on bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to other people and bringing other people to Jesus Christ, you know what happens? Lives are changed in time and for eternity. But it's not just the lives of those we bring to Jesus that are changed, but it's ours too. Help someone else when they're going through difficulties in life and watch how God helps you. Care for and love someone who is grieving and watch how God comforts you. Take time to listen to a coworker who is in need of your assistance and watch how God blesses you. You bring someone to Jesus 
and see how he touches your life too. How many times have I met people who in their early days of life may have known Jesus and walked with Jesus and worshiped Jesus because their parents brought them to church, but then as they grow up and they get a little older and they start out their young adult lives, they they start drifting away from regular following of Jesus. But then God gives them children and they want to bring these children to Jesus. And so they bring the children to baptism. They bring their children to church. They bring their children to children's church and Sunday school and vacation Bible school. And the kids start singing of Jesus and hearing of Jesus and praying to Jesus. And what ends up happening? The the parents start doing the same, singing of Jesus and learning of Jesus and praying to Jesus. Because it's not just the boy who is healed, but it's the father who is also touched by Jesus' power too. And one final note before we conclude today. I find the ending of this story remarkable. That after everything had taken place, after the crowd had subsided and gone away, after the man took his healed son home, they went inside and the disciples pulled Jesus away. And they say, Jesus, tell us, why couldn't we do it? Why weren't we successful? We did everything you did. We've done everything that you've done. We went through doing everything, Lord. You've taught us well. Why weren't we able to do this? And Jesus says this kind can only come out by prayer. Now, I don't claim to understand the different types of healing and the different types of demon possession and the different types of ways in which people can be granted that kind of healing power from the Lord. But if we have God in the flesh, if we have Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, saying this time can only come out by prayer, emphasizing how important it is to pray, how important is that in our life? How important is prayer in our life? How many things that we may struggle with need to be handled with prayer? That in prayer, we would bring other people to Jesus, and as we do, we bring ourselves to him too so that others may be lifted up by his healing touch and that as they are, so are we, touched by the healing hand of the Savior. May we receive that. May we receive that word and put it into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you now to stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer, as we bring others, and as we bring ourselves into the presence of God. Faithful Father, we thank you and we praise you in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, that you bless us, Father, as your people, and that you have called us out of darkness so that we can know you and rely upon you. We thank you for your healing touch, O Lord, that we read about in Mark chapter 9. But also, Lord, help us to know and to truly believe that you continue to grant healing today. Help us to trust in you, O Lord, and help us to overcome our unbelief that when we sometimes feel like we are just a a mix and a mess of contradictions, rescue and deliver And help us, O Lord, to be people who have been called by you and people, O Lord, who live our lives for you and share your love and share your grace with others. We pray that you would bless your church wherever she is found today.
that wherever people gather around the means of grace, there you are. Touch people with your presence, O Lord, and enable us, Father, as those who have experienced Jesus in our lives, to go and share his presence with others that we encounter this week. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless your church and that you would be with all confirmands, especially those who begin or renew their journey in the confirmation class this evening. I pray that you would bless me as their teacher and bless our confirmands and their families that through this time of growth in your word, that they, O Lord, would grow as your followers their whole life through. Father, we know that you hear the prayers, not only that we speak, but also that we carry in our hearts. And so by your Spirit's power, we pray that you would intercede for us with those groans too deep for words. O Lord, we pray for the land in which we live, for our community, for our state, for our nation. We pray for those who lead and govern us, that they may do so with wisdom from on high. Raise up godly men and women, O Lord, who will serve as leaders among us. For those who are on the front lines, O Lord, and who lay down their lives and sacrifice their, their freedoms for the sake of us all, we give you thanks and praise. And on this weekend where we remember the 9-11 attacks on our country 20 years ago, we thank you for your protecting and delivering hand. We pray that you would bless our country, and we thank you, O Lord, for the members of our armed forces who serve now and who have served in the past. We pray for all people in troubled regions of the world, especially for those in Afghanistan, that you, O Lord, would protect your people, that you would give strength to them and the comfort of your word, that you, O Lord, even in times of trouble and trial would enable your people to boldly live their lives for the glory of Jesus. We pray, Father, that you would bless those who need your healing touch today. We bring before you in prayer Heather Stodiker, cousin of Jean Diltz, as she has received good news, negative COVID tests, and is out of isolation and able to visit with her family. We pray that you would continue to miraculously restore her life and enable her to get on a lung transplant list so that, Lord, that lung, new lungs would be able to give her new life. We pray, Father, for Jim Furman, who has a meeting with a surgeon tomorrow to discuss a total jaw joint replacement. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless Jim as he awaits this procedure and that you would grant your touch to him so that he might in all things give you glory. We pray for those who are battling any kind of illness, including those who are going through treatments for cancer. We pray for Anna, Angie, Judy, Chris, Dirk, Bob, Louise, Terry, Jennifer, Charles, Mark, Christy, David, Ken, Billy, Janet, Kara, Barb, Gordon, and others, O oh Lord, that we know and love, that you would remind them that they are never alone. These prayers, O oh Father, and everything that we have upon our hearts and minds, you know us even better than we know ourselves. And so, Father, we bring all of these prayers to you in the precious name of Jesus as we now join in the words that he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.
Go in peace to serve the Lord. Have a wonderful week.